Good morning. It is a blessing and a joy to see all of you and to worship with you. Uh, my name is Logan. I am one of the pastors here at Lower Manhattan Community Church. Uh, we believe that God has good things for you. Uh, we believe that because of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, that all who believe are saved through his name and all the world is blessed because of his work um, in this world and his work on our behalf even now in heaven. And so we pray today that you would connect with Christ, that God would bless you during this time. Um, and as we kind of enter into this next phase of our worship service, I want to invite you into some of the things our community is doing. Uh, the first is we're in a season where we are reading the book of Acts together. It's a book of the Bible that speaks about how the church started by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are walking through that together. And every Sunday night, there's a group that meets on Zoom at 7, led by Marcy Miller, our spiritual formation minister, to talk through what you read about in the book of Acts. It's at 7 p.m., and so we'd love for, to invite you to be a part of that. You can email her, marcy at lowermanhattanchurch.com, um, to be a part of that. If that doesn't work for you, we have community groups that meet throughout the week. It'd be a great way for you to further engage with what God's doing in your life and the life of our church. The second thing I want to invite you to be a part of is on June 5th, we are going to have a baptism service. This is going to be our first baptism service in two and a half years. Um, so we are excited um, to invite anybody who is ready to be baptized to join us that day and do so. Um, if you are interested in that or if you have questions, uh, we encourage you to email Marcy as well, Marcy at Lower Manhattan Church. Uh, we want to help prepare you for that day. It's a part of someone's spiritual journey to be baptized. It is not something that saves you, but it's a declaration that you are choosing to follow Jesus fully with your life. And you're declaring it with a community as we join in supporting you in that journey with God. So we would love for you to join us that day. It's going to be a huge party. We're going to have lunch afterwards. It'll be a great celebration. So looking forward to that. We're going to continue today in our sermon series called The Spirit-Filled Life. And we have the gift to hear from Jasmine Wood, one of our ministers and longtime members here at LMCC. Yeah. I'm excited too. Um, I'm going to read from, uh, from a chapter in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 11. It will be on the screen behind me. I invite you to read along with me as we prepare to hear God's word to us. Now it came to pass, as Jesus was praying in a certain place, that he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Continuing to teach on prayer, he told them a parable and said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. But I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. 
And if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is God's word for us today. Please welcome Jasmine Wood. Okay, so as Logan said, we are continuing our sermon series, The Spirit-Filled Life. This is week four, and Logan was kind enough to read uh, 13 verses for us, but we're really going to focus just on the tail end. So for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to read the tail end of that passage one more time, and then we'll jump into it. Verse 9, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray. Lord, we are gathered here in your name. You're gathered here for your glory. God, I ask you to help us hear your voice louder and clearer than any other. We surrender our hearts and our minds, our eyes and our ears, and our will to whatever you want to do here today. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. For those of you I haven't met, I'm Jasmine, and this is my happy place. I'm so happy to be standing here And not just to be back at LMCC, but to be back in New York. I was away for just over a week in my home state of Alabama, where I was celebrating my mom's 70th birthday. And if you meet my mom later this year, don't tell her that I told you she turned 70. We're still going with 56, which we've been going with for quite a while, but still going with 56. Um, This year we really splurged on my mom's gift. Not only because it was a milestone, but because in 2020, at the height of the pandemic, I called my mom one day and um, I had never heard her so broken down. She was sad, she was on the verge of tears. She kept saying, I'm so lonely, I'm so scared. I haven't had contact with another person in a very long time. Um, She was really broken down. And so I decided then and there we were going to do something different for her. And so this year, the gift was not a robe, it wasn't flowers, it wasn't fruit. This year, we decided to give her the gift of presents. Not a present, but presents. We brought all of the people that she loves and the people that love her together. And so I rented a nine-bedroom lake house in North Alabama. Beautiful, beautiful setting. 
and I invited all of my mom's siblings and their kids and their kids. And we just spent four days just pouring into her, just loving on her, making her feel appreciated. And I wanted to give her something that wouldn't just last for a season, wouldn't just hang in her closet for a while, but I wanted to give her an experience, something that she could carry in her heart with her for years and years to come. And it was really a joy to be able to give this to her. But we're not the only ones that enjoy giving gifts. God also enjoys giving gifts. And while, yes, some of his gifts are material things, we just sang about him being the source of every blessing. I love that song. That's my jam, by the way. Um, some of his gifts are material things. But his best gifts are the things that we can experience with other people. And that truth is supported in the passage that we just read. And it's an important truth that I believe God wants us to know today. Um, because the Holy Spirit is a gift. Yes, the Holy Spirit is a person. Yes, he's a guide. Yes, he's your comforter. Yes, he's your advocate. Yes, he is your internal GPS system. But he is also a gift. And he's a gift that we are meant to experience with other people. Now, if you know me, you know I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I feel very closely connected to him. He gave me a hug this morning. I could talk about him for hours and hours and talk about the supernatural nature and what he does. And I'm going to. I'm going to come back next month, actually, and talk about the supernatural. And we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, teaching and healing and faith and prophecy and tongues. And we're going to talk about why those things sometimes scare us, uh, you know, or why they sometimes ruffle feathers. We're going to break the stigma around it. We're going to get into all of that. But before we do that, it's very important that you understand the gift of the Spirit and what he does for you personally, and who he is in relation to Jesus Christ. And so when we look at the passage that we just read, there are three words that jump out to people. Um, three words upon which a sermon would normally probably be framed around. And those three words are ask, seek, and knock. And they are very important, very important words in the life of a Christian. But those are not the three words I want us to focus on today. Because when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when it comes to the Spirit-filled life, when it comes to being filled with the Spirit, the three words I want you to pay attention to are how much more. Because not only is the Holy Spirit a gift, he is the gift that exceeds all the other gifts. And of that gift, there is no limit. But we have a problem. And the problem is this. It is hard for us, for most of us, to imagine God giving us a gift giving us the Holy Spirit, giving us this gift, and there being no end to it. 
And it's hard for us because humans are not wired that way. We have limits. And so here, Jesus takes what we do understand about giving gifts, and then he uses that to magnify the way God does it. And he's showing us, he's telling us plainly that God is ready and willing and able to offer up even more than we can. St. Augustine, theologian, a teacher, some people say the best teacher to come after Paul, he said, God is always trying to give us good gifts, but our hands are too full to receive them. And so the question is, how do we learn to let go of what we think we need and instead receive what God is trying to give to us? And I think the answer is Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. When you are lost, when you are confused, when you don't know the way, when you don't know what's next, you go back to Jesus. Go back to Jesus. And that's exactly what his disciples did. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. And what I love about this chapter is that in the chapter before this one, Jesus is actually appointed an additional 72 people to go out and do his work. He chooses a new group. He says, go out, do my work, and come back. And the Bible says they have come back with joy. They have come back fired up because they have experienced just a little taste, just a fraction of the power that's available when you are walking in the kingdom of God. And so now they have an opportunity to sit with him again. Let's turn this around. That's better. They have an opportunity to sit with him again. And they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And he says, okay, sure, no problem. And he provides some really clear instructions. And he gives them a model for prayer, which we now call the Lord's Prayer. And then he takes it a step further. And he gives them this really grand illustration that involves friends begging for help at a midnight hour and fathers and how they treat their children. And then he wraps all of that up with a mention of the Holy Spirit. Now, up until this point, God has been using prophets and kings to get his message across. Using different people, prophets, kings, to draw his children home. Always wants his people to come back to him. Always wants his children to come home. But now, it's gotten personal. Now, he's using himself. His spirit. He's here in the person of Jesus Christ. God, Jesus God, Jesus, God, is with his people. And what kind of people are they? If they were alive in 2022, we would say these people have some issues. Because humanity has some issues. Humanity in general has not played very nice. People have not done what God originally intended for us to do. They are sinful, evil, or translated another way, imperfect. They are sinful, imperfect people. And yet, God is with them, in the middle of them, 
answering their questions there when they need him. And that is good news for us because it shows us that even when we are off track, even when we have lost our way, if we will just humble ourselves to come to him and ask him for what we need, if we will humble ourselves enough to come to him and say, I don't know what I'm doing, can you show me? He will show up and have an answer. And that's a word in here for somebody today. And not only is he available to answer, he encourages us to keep asking and to keep seeking and to keep knocking. And what a relief. Let me tell you, when Jesus is telling us to keep asking and seeking and knocking, those are not words of denial. Jesus knows the depth of your pain. He knows the depth of your frustration. He knows there are things that you have been asking for that have not yet come to pass. And yet, he tells you, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Don't give up. Don't give up because God likes to give good gifts. And that is my goal for today to get you to not only believe that he likes to give good gifts, but to believe that you can be filled with more. You already have his indwelling spirit within you now that you have been born again, now that you have come uh, to Christ. But you can be filled with more. You can be filled with more power so that you can keep going. But like I said, I think this is hard for us to believe. Even though we name this, this series Spirit-Filled Life, I think it's hard to believe we can be filled with more of the Spirit. And it's not just because we're sinful, imperfect people. It's because we have limits and conditions. Remember I told you this now. Limits and conditions. We have limits to how much we give, and we have conditions upon which we give. Let's break that down. Let's look at that now. Think about it. How much are you willing to spend on your best friend's birthday gift? How long can you play with your nieces and nephews until you tell them that you need a break? Uh, how long will you volley back and forth with one of your friends on text messages until you finally say, okay, that's enough. That's her problem. I'm going to bed. Limits. Or let's look at when we give. Sometimes, sometimes we give a gift for no reason at all. But 99.9% .9 of the time, we give a gift with a condition attached to it except we don't call them conditions. We call them occasions. So look at when we give gifts, Christmas, birthdays, anniversary, graduation, new home, new baby. We give gifts for special occasions, but no matter which tax bracket you fall into, 
All of us, every single one of us has a limit to what we will give. We have a limit to our time or our resources or our money. But God does not. And so when it comes to pondering how much more, what happens is we have become satisfied without knowing the answer to a very important exhortation. And so instead of seeking a limitless gift, like the Holy Spirit, we're trying to suck infinity out of finite things that can't last. And Jesus is telling you, God is not like us. He both likes to give gifts and he gives them abundantly. Y'all, we have to stop putting our limits and conditions on God. He has never lied to us. He promised us that the Holy Spirit would come, and that's exactly what happened. He told them, he said, y'all, wait right there. Wait now. That power is going to come in. It's going to rush in on you. And that's exactly what happened. The Holy Spirit came. He has come. That is what we call the day of Pentecost. And yet, for some reason, even after having read it, we still think the Holy Spirit is something. We think he's something optional. We, we treat him like he's a cheap buffet, and we can just choose which parts of him we will and we won't take, when in reality, the Holy Spirit was intended for you. Get excited. Here we go. I'm going to show you this. John 14, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Please leave that up for a moment. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Don't you think that's interesting? The world can't receive him, can't see him, doesn't know him. Now, hold that there in your mind. Let's compare that to what we say about Jesus. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the the world can not only understand and receive Jesus, they can believe in him, but not the Holy Spirit. Okay, now let's compare John 3.16 to what we say about the Holy Spirit. Going back to Luke 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your heavenly Father 
Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, I'm doing something here. Hang with me. Jesus is God's gift to the world. That's where, that's where we once were. We were over here in the world. We were over here. We were a hot mess. And he came down. He healed us. He saved us. He blessed us. He's a gift to the world and us. Jesus is God's gift to the world. The Holy Spirit is his gift to his children. They don't get this. This is something extra. This is something special. There are things that you do for your children that you won't do for anyone else. This was intended for you. Don't walk by him. As the father sent the son to save the world, so he now sends his spirit to empower his children. It's priceless power for you. And he hasn't come because we deserved him or because we were perfect. He has come only because of the Father's love. That's who they are. You need him. Now, what does all of this mean when you put it together? Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to land this plane. The seatbelt sign is on. Buckle up, okay? It means that now that you've repented, now that you've come to faith, now that you believe in Jesus Christ, now that you've been saved and you have eternal life, it means it's not the end. There is more. You can, be at, you can ask to be filled with more. Y'all, let me tell you something. You're not ordinary people anymore. That's why I feel like I was sent here. Like, you're not ordinary people anymore, and you're not dumb. You are very smart, very capable, very loved children of God, and you have fire inside of you, and it needs to be fanned into flame. And once it is, you are going to be very dangerous to the world around you. When it's fanned into flame, when you get filled with that power, I want to give you just two of many, 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 many things that are going to happen as a result. Just two things. Okay, number one, when you're filled with that power, you are going to be reminded of Jesus' presence in your life in a much stronger way. You are going to know that Jesus is with you. You're going to feel him in your inner being in a much stronger way. The presence of Jesus is what is truly going to fill your soul. The presence of Jesus is what we really need. If you're really looking for a shift in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, Jesus is what you need. You're trying to get out of, out of depression. 
You're trying to get out of your anger cycle. You're trying to get out of your addictions. Jesus Christ coming in, that reminder that he's there with you, that's what really begins to shift things. I want to tell you a really quick story uh, about this. Um, there's a man that I love. His name is Reinhard Bonnke. I know. Reinhard Bonnke. It sounds like I should have on cowboy chaps when I'm saying this, but he's actually a German man. Surprise. Uh, Reinhard Bonnke uh, had this really difficult childhood, really hard life, but he grew up and he became a missionary anyway. And when he was a young man, he heard God say, Africa will be saved. So he moved his family from Germany. He moved them over to Africa. And sure enough, started having these massive revivals. 10,000 people, 100,000 people, just Holy Spirit-filled ministry, just changing lives, uh, uh, you know, like wild. So uh, one day they were getting ready to have a revival meeting, and their keyboard broke. So he took the keyboard player with him to a music store, instrument store, and they went to get a new one. So they were sitting in the store and they were tinkering with some keys and uh, a sales clerk walked over. And uh, before they could really say hi or really get into a conversation, the sales clerk said to Reinhard Bonnke, he said, sir, I see Jesus in your eyes. And so then, of course, you know, they wound up having this very long discussion and talking and praying for a long time. So they left hours and hours later. And Reinhard Bonnke was walking back to his car in the parking lot by himself. And, you know, he's thinking in his mind. He's not talking out loud. He's thinking in his mind. And he, he, he says in his mind, he says, Lord, that doesn't make any sense. How could someone say that they see Jesus in my eyes? And before he could have another thought, the Holy Spirit said to him, because Jesus lives inside you. And sometimes... He likes to look out the windows. <laughs> and that blew his mind and blew my mind and ought to blow your mind too. That's the type of reminder that I'm talking about. He does live inside you. I bet you sometimes he does want to see what's going on and look out the windows. And other people can perceive him inside of you. And they know that there's something different about you. The Holy Spirit is there to remind you of that when you forget. You are never alone. You are never forsaken. And so when the answers to our prayers are delayed, we are still blessed to know that we have Jesus Christ with us at all times. Jesus loves you, and he did not have to be persuaded to love you. He lives inside you, and he didn't have to be persuaded to go there. And guess what? He's still baptizing with the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't have to be persuaded to do that either. All we have to do is ask. The next thing that will happen as a result of you being filled with the Spirit is that you're going to be fired up to continue the mission of Jesus. That is the whole point of the Holy Spirit is to help us continue the mission of Jesus. This is not so that we can manifest gifts and show off for each other. It's so that we can go out and change the world. 
You know, a few weeks ago, Dan was here and he was talking about us being witnesses for Christ. And we are. We're witnesses. We are called to go out and to make disciples. But let me ask you something. That, how exactly do you think we're going to do that? If you really take that seriously, how are we really going to go out and baptize nations and get people that have no interest in God whatsoever to believe in him and heal people in our own strength? No. We are called to be witnesses. We are called to be witnesses using very simple means. How do we witness well? We witness by sharing a meal with someone, by listening to them, by praying with them, by sharing our testimony, by sharing our resources. That's one of the reasons we give so much away in this church. That's a powerful way to witness to other people, by being so generous. So we witness using very simple means, but we're called to do it in extraordinary ways. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to do that. God has given us a very big job. Have you seen the news? I said, have you seen the news? We have a huge job before us. We need the Holy Spirit. And we have to stop waiting to ask to be filled. Please stop waiting. Stop waiting. You're not going to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit when you get it all together. You're not going to be filled with more of the Spirit after you read your Bible and join a community group and uh, learn how to keep the Sabbath perfectly and learn how to master centering silent prayer. Now, all of those things I just named are very critical to the Christian life, and they will sustain you. They will sustain you and help you abide with God long after the encounter is done. But God is not waiting for you to be perfect to fill you with more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a medal you get at the end of the race. He's the power you need for the marathon. He's the power you need for the marathon. So you can run and heal and save and run and run and heal and save and run and run. So that nothing can stop you. We were not meant to do it alone. We were always meant to be power assisted. We are not independent businesses. We're not little uh, independent subway shops. It's not, it's not like a, oh, hello, Father. Oh, yes, okay, one deposit of Christ. Okay, all right, well, off I go. Thank you, wish me luck, all right, goodbye. Oh. And then you're out here riding the waves by yourself. No, I don't know where that voice came from. <laughs> no.
It's not that. It's not that. We're not independent businesses. Rather, we are vines connected to the bigger branch. We are supposed to be getting filled over and over and over and over again so that we can tackle the next thing that is coming our way. So ask to be filled. Don't put it off. You have what you need. You have all the requirements. Ask. Be like a child and ask. Children ask for what they want all the time. In fact, we encourage them to do it. We tell them, make a list. Write down everything you want. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it is up to the giver to decide how much to give and when to give. But we encourage them, ask, and we never shame them for it. So I'm encouraging you, ask and seek and knock. And then together as one church, as one body, let's witness together how much more. Let's pray. Hmm. I'm going to offer a few words to the Lord. But I believe he's ready to do his best work. He's already here. And so I'm going to give him some space and give him some silence and let him work. Lord, Spirit, be here, be with us, be in us. If we have doubts, Lord, help us to believe. Help us to believe that there is more, that we can be filled with more. Come into every heart. You have an invitation. Spirit, move. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to move into our time of response. And that will include communion. And that will include music. And it will also include prayer. So if you'd like to pray with someone today, there will be people in the back. And I encourage you to go find them.
And uh, let's welcome Logan back for communion.